0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of T Girl E Girl. This is the only podcast hosted by two titillating to your senses transsexuals. Ooh,
1: titillating.
0: Yes, titillating, where we talk about internet trends, play silly little games, and have all of the cringiest worst takes possible. Yeah.
1: We talk about video games sometimes, we talk about sexy monsters. Yes. You know, we just have a little nerdy fun. Yeah, and
0: my name is Betty. I am a drag performer, an actress, and apparently screenwriter now, which is a new thing for me, but you know. Mm.
1: And I'm Kala. I'm also a drag artist. I live in Los Angeles, and I identify as dumb.
0: And she is. She's really fucking stupid.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that the image is there. The brand is there.
0: (laughs) She's dumb. I'm pretty.
1: Are you sure? (laughs) You're trying to say I'm not pretty or that you're not dumb? Because I know that's not
0: true. (laughs) I was like, we know I'm stupid.
1: (laughs) Well, if you are back to listen to this episode, welcome to episode two. And thank you so much for joining us again. And if you're new to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for being here. Hi. You're hot. You're hot. You're sex.
0: If you're listening to this, you're cute. Yeah,
1: literally only hot girls listen to this podcast. Or hot boys. Yeah. Hot boys too.
0: I hope a hot boy's listening. to... No, not a single man. The reason we actually set out on making this podcast in the first place was to, like, combat, like, men on podcasts.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, Betty, our last episode was about cringe, and we left left out... The most cringe thing! The whole reason we wanted to talk about cringe, the whole reason we started doing a podcast, is because, like, there's too many men with a podcast.
0: We need to take microphones away from men. Yeah,
1: men with podcasts. Cringe. Cringe. No, Ick. Okay, well, (laughs) you're in danger, girl. Get away from him. Or crick. 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 That is a licensed term. If you would like to use it, you do need to pay us $2. $2 million. $2 $2 million each. Betty, what are we going to talk about today?
0: Today's topic on the pod is something that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Mm. Uh, We are discussing how to navigate online spaces as gender non-conforming people.
1: Yes, um, which can be both enlightening in some cases, as we'll get into, I think, and also fucking terrifying in some other instances. Yes. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, Betty, I want to play a little game.
0: Ooh, what game are we playing? I
1: thought, I thought it could be fun. You thought it could be fun Um, to maybe do what we did last time. Mm-hmm. But instead of a Halloween Pokemon team, we would pick... An all Jaws team. An all trans girly team. Oh
0: my god. This is actually a really impossible task because there's so many trans coded Pokemon. There truly are. You could honestly make an argument for basically any Pokemon. They're evolving. Because they're literally changing.
1: Yeah. Into better, sexier, more powerful versions of themselves. Like every
0: Pokemon that does evolution is literally transitioning.
1: (gasps) Oh my god. You know like makeover montages in movies Mm -hmm. are those trans allegories yes oh my god episode four of the podcast folks
0: yes episode four of the podcast which movies have the best uh makeover montages that are trans allegories um the answer is she's the man
1: she's the man why isn't it princess diaries
0: well princess diaries is but like she's the man is literally like 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 amanda Bynes is becoming a trans it's
1: literally trans (laughs) Okay, tell me your pokey dolls team.
0: My pokey dolls team consists of two very obvious choices and one from left field. Okay. So my first obvious choice for my doll team is Hatterene. She's <gasps> literally cute. trans flag colored. I feel like I'm actually kind of wearing. For those of you who are watching the video form of our podcast, um, I'm I'm really in the tea girl colors today. You are um, and Hatterene is like just a little doll wrapped in a little cloak and hat she's like both kind of witchy and fairy and just like very mystical magical probably one of my my favorite designs from the Mm -hmm. gala region yeah Yeah. the gala region really had some of the most like kick-ass pokemon designs.
1: really like all of the magical mystical designs i was really into it
0: they really i think like delved into um like UK folklore yeah. and, like, um, even probably, like, Celtic folklore.
1: And, I mean, we got into this last episode, but, like, we both are into Grimmsnarl and want him to be in us, in in into yes, us, inside. whatever. What? What? Who said that? What was that?
0: Anyway, yeah, Hatterene definitely is, she is a doll. She's transcoded. She is always looking fierce. Um, And I think that she would, and, and she actually her, like, whole thing is that she hates negative emotions so much that yeah. she will murder you.
1: Like, forgot about that, but yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. no <laughs> like, that,
0: the whole Hatterene line is, like, they're called, like, empathy Pokemon, but they're not really actually empathetic. They're like, I feel their vibe is bad.
1: And, I, and if it's bad, death.
0: Yeah, if your vibe is, your vibe is horrible and I feel it and just, I, you gotta go.
1: Imagine if all the T-Girls were walking around killing people with bad vibes.
0: Uh, That's... Is- it'd be a bunch of gox with (gasps) glock.
1: Write that down. Write that script. Write that script.
0: Um, I am a screenwriter now, so I should. Anyway, I also have to include Sylveon on, and I mean,
1: the, she's the trans flag.
0: I mean, it's, it's, and my last choice for my Poke dolls team is my choice from Muffield. It is Meryl.
1: (gasps) Oh, cute. Okay. Why?
0: So, Yes, Water like, the, the Meryl line is, like, fairy types. So, obviously, fairy types are all, like, trans-coded. But, specifically Meryl, because Azuril, prior to Gen 6, they di- Pokemon eventually, like, um, fixed this bug, quote-unquote. I don't think it was a bug, it was a feature. And um, Pokemon Company, this was transphobic of you, to get rid of this feature. So... Pokemon all come with base like gender percentages. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's... Oh, no, there are non-binary Pokemon because there are gender-free Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most Pokemon come on the gender binary scale of like X percentage female, X percentage male. Right. So like all starters have like a higher percentage to be male than female. And even an Eevee and like all of its EVolutions have a much higher percentage to be male than female. Mm. Like on the like gender scale ratio. Interesting. The Merrill line. So Meryl and Azumeral are 50-50 splits. Right. They have a 50% chance of being male, 50% chance of being female. Azurill, which is the baby form of this line has a 75-25 split, 75% chance of being female, 25% chance of being male. So prior to Gen 6, so Generations 3, 4, and 5, when all three Pokemon were, like, in the evolution line, Mm -hmm. because Azuril was introduced in Gen 3, um, there was always a significant chance that your Azuril, your female Azuril, would evolve into a male Meryl.
1: Oh my god, that's Transmask.
0: And literally, like canonically in the games, a mask Pokemon. I'm obsessed, yeah, which I'm like, that's Meryl deserves the recognition, the spotlight, um their history, you know,
1: you know what I think? I think that you just made a case in point for us to start a Patreon because that was a dissertation.
0: Man, I really, I have like so much people, historical knowledge about Pokemon.
1: People need to pay you for that PhD knowledge that you just gave for free on this podcast.
0: I don't remember a single thing I learned in my actual days of university, but I do recall oh, that, <laughs> every... Like, the BA in theater is really <laughs> slipping her mind. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: Pokemon.
0: <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> ah,
1: okay. Um, before we move on to, to mine, I want to say you guys should tell us what your Poke was doll- is so I think my first pick is actually kind of in line with Azuril funny enough mm-hmm. because it's po- the Popplio to Primarina line yes so Popplio as you were saying like there's a significantly higher chance of having male starter Pokemon a lot of the times I will reset my game to try to get the female ones because okay. I like girl Pokemon duh. Um, but in this instance when I played that gen I like really specifically wanted a male Popplio because when it's a Primarina like babe that's a trans woman she's a doll she's a doll and like every step of the way is doll it's it's just perfect and like the fan art coming out when the alola region rolled out was so fun the fan art of Primarina was like very cathartic for me because a lot of trans women were like kind of telling the allegory of their childhood to their adult life through that pokemon i was like this is very sweet this is so touching and speaking
0: i love her um z move Primarina Zemu Yes. She's literally like performing an opera.
1: Yes. Very, very, very Slay. I love that whole line of kind of like little performance artists. Um, The second one for me is Gardevoir for a very similar reason as Hatterine. I think she's just very Slay. Raltz is very Slay. Um, it's also kind of Slay that they can either be Gardevoir or Gallade. Mm-hmm. I think that that is also very well, trans.
0: Well, only male Curlia can evolve into galley.
1: Yes, but you know, there's still the option, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and then last is Ditto. And that's for obvious reasons.
0: What are the obvious reasons? They, what they, are the obvious they reasons? They transform.
1: <laughs> trans. Into anything they Form. want. Yeah, they're trans. It's Ditto. Honorary mention from the most recent gen, Daliv. Smoliv to Doliv, the cutest. Arboliva, garbage. That is one of the worst She's, Pokemon. No, ever.
0: bad, horrible takes. for no, you. Because no, because so, no, this is a bad take. For, I totally disagree. I love
1: Arbolava. The three, you know, like there's, She's a there's She's an always it's so, so, so many like,
0: appropriate to the Iberian Peninsula.
1: I agree. I just think that the design could have been cooler because they there's so she looks many so
0: cool. She's like Ugh.
1: there's so many like She's girly pop cool. grass Pokemon. You know this. Yes. There's so many girly Lilligan, pop grass Pokemon.
0: Whimsicott. Lorantis. Blossom. Like.
1: Serena, so come on.
0: So Serena should have been on this list. Like
1: just slay. And I, I personally, my three favorite types are fairy, dark, and grass. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Arboliveau just doesn't do it for me. Well, dolliv, like imagine dolliv, but just kind of bigger without the big wreath thing. Just like a, a slay doll, like, come on.
0: You just want Gardevoir, but grass.
1: Oh, no, I just want slay. She's not slay with her arms up all the time.
0: We should move on to our actual discussion topic of the day, don't you think, Kala? Yeah,
1: let's let's get into it.
0: Yes. So the discussion topic of the day, to remind you all, is navigating online spaces as gender nonconforming, trans, queer individuals, right? Which I mean, there's actually probably even a little bit of nuance in between all of those labels and distinctions on what it means to navigate an online space. But we're gonna umbrella term it with GNC or gender nonconforming folks to uh, differentiate ourselves i think a little bit from like cis gay people online yeah um because i think if you're cisgender but like lgbt online your experience is a bit different than trans people especially in today's kind of current culture war against specifically trans people i've even seen like tons of um gay cis gay people turning against the trans community in a much like starker way than I've ever seen before but we should get into that maybe a little bit later okay um the first kind of big topic of discussion I wanted to bring to the pod today Kala is kind of going through each uh social media platform or each like internet communal space and kind of deciding whether or not that's a place where we feel like the trans community or the gender non-conforming community gathers
1: okay um
0: So the first um, kind of one I wanted to talk about, there's like these two categories that I'm going to split social media into. Um, We have social media that is for content creation, right? So that's things like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. You're following people because they're producing the content that you want to see, whether that's photos, reels, videos, or longer form content like video essays, podcasts things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Those are like content creation platforms versus internet spaces that I think are more communal, mm-hmm. which are things like Reddit or Discord, which you're not on there to talk to people or to interact on like a creator fan level. You're there to like talk to other people yeah, about peers. an interest yeah, yeah. or an experience that you've all gone through. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, well, I guess in the like content creation space to kick us off there... I personally feel that honestly of the ones that you've listed Instagram, YouTube and TikTok like none of them are really good for trans creators unfortunately. I think that like there's some obvious successes like you know Dylan Mulvaney obviously. Right,
0: we can we can talk about her.
1: There are other cases of success um like Halal Batty. Yes. And you know this I have seen Oh, there she goes. Jigglypuff just...
0: For those of you who are watching the video version ship. of our podcast, Jigglypuff um, just... She was like... She was like... She didn't the be trans, trans community? community? Trans being trans online? Not Gotta go. Jigglypuff
1: being transphobic. Um, Yeah, I, so I've seen some success. You know, there's definitely some trans success on those pages, on those communities. But I also see a lot of my friends who are not at that level of following posting content that seems pretty normal and it getting flagged and taken down and my assumption is that transphobes are also on the platform and they're just like spam reporting mm-hmm.
0: um yeah i do find these places i'm gonna say more specifically tiktok is a very strange place where if you're a trans content creator you can really you're really going one way or the other there's not a middle ground you're really getting a lot of um success and visibility on the platform or everything you do is being monitored extraordinarily closely. Yeah. And um I'm going to be talking a little bit more about like my personal experiences with like creating content on TikTok as a trans person a little bit later, but um yeah, you sometimes you just exist on the platform and you get flagged
1: yeah. for no reason. And I will say that for me personally so far, like my experience on Instagram which is mostly drag content has, I've always had a lot of positive reception because it's pretty insular. All of my followers are drag people. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a YouTube, it's not super popular, but I have been on a several very popular YouTube, um, shows like I was in a, a couple of Joey Graceffa videos that performed really well and so far my experience on that has been really great I, I think that has I was to gonna, do sorry with going. the fact that like just like you were saying some accounts even though they're LGBT like perform really well like Joey Graceffa is performing really well has been for a long time mm-hmm. but whereas, he's not trans not trans but there were we were talking about being trans on it and people were still cool whereas I feel like Unfortunately, smaller creators very often will upload trans positive content and like these transphobes find them. Mm -hmm.
0: I actually follow a bunch of uh, trans like video essayists on YouTube. And I think YouTube of the like content creation platforms is probably the most friendly Mm. to uh, gender nonconforming people. I think because of the nature of YouTube being longer form content and not necessarily always being face and like face on camera video content. Yeah. Um, some people that I follow are, there's this um, amazing voice actor that I follow called Nezumi VA mm-hmm. uh, that creates really cool um, uh, video essays about different video game series. Like I started following them when they created uh, video essays on like the Vampa games very trans games, by the way, Dongar Mampa. The, the trans community loves dongar Mampa. I love
1: that every single video game that you bring up, you're like, um, quick, quick little aside. That's actually very transgender <laughs> very and transgender. the trans community has claimed that game.
0: But, Nezemi VA only recently started appearing on mm-hmm. camera, like, in their content. Um, and originally all their stuff was just voiceover because they're a professional voice actor, so. Okay, cool. Um, and then I also follow a creator called Jesse Gender, um, and they are a filmmaker and content creator and, um, she appears on camera, but has a really great following and success on the platform. And uh, contra points, obviously. Oh yeah, you can't con- you can't bring up trans content creators on YouTube without bringing up contra points. Yeah. So I think of like content creation platforms. I feel like YouTube is the space for gender nonconforming creators to really like find um, a lot of success without as much that I see visibly of kind of the pushback from um, transphobic people or I guess the platform itself. Now, I mean, not that I know that YouTube isn't like perfect in supporting its creators on the platform, um, but I do feel like it is probably the space where I see the most positivity for trans creators versus negativity. Now that we've kind of discussed, um, I guess, the creation side of this, Mm-hmm. Um do you think like trans people are really watching these creators on those platforms?
1: Yes. And I think we, I know of some success stories like our friend Mars Wright. Mm-hmm. I've actually been watching Mars's content since bef- since about the time I moved to LA almost five years ago. Everybody um, follow Mars Wright. Everybody follow Mars Wright. Love him to death.
0: He's an amazing fashion um, designer and content creator.
1: Um, Trans joy is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Trans joy is resistance. Um, actually, Mars's work inspired me to create for Real and the party I was talking about on our podcast last week. Um, and I know that's anecdotal, but I was a trans person watching this trans person's content and it inspired me to wanna to do stuff. Mm-hmm. The thing is though, I mean, most people that are on online are lurkers. Not everybody wants to be a content creator. Not everybody is interested in doing content. So there's probably a much larger group of people who are trans who are just watching things. Mm-hmm. And I think they have a preference, my guess, more communal aspects of social media like discord like reddit yes. like groups that's in a great some
0: way. Transition. transition
1: transition into
0: the kind of next segment of this discussion is where do we find think that trans people are like finding community on social media platforms so we've mentioned reddit and discord yeah um as like a chronically online trans person who like lurks i am a part of like many discords Mm. specifically uh, groups for different um free companies for final fantasy 14 um because that's an mmo that i play and it's a very lgbtq friendly game and i find that many of the free companies which are guilds if you've never like if you don't know what a free company is guilds are like like where players can like all band together under one kind of like thing and do content together essentially and get rewarded for it
1: so i'm not as big into streaming in discord although I'm, i am into it right now like i've kind of been finding my way through it recently mm-hmm. mostly through my like renewed interest in pokemon stuff yeah because um, there's really good trade groups on
0: yeah. discord yes
1: but i am a reddit girly through and through uh um,
0: yeah where are the trans people on reddit
1: so okay to be fair i'm found... like a
0: trans reddit discord there or no, no hello discord. reddit discord yeah yeah hold on a trans subreddit on there is a trans subreddit (laughs) i I found
1: most of my trans friends and most of my community through drag funny enough and my drag career was really built on instagram and reddit i built a drag page on instagram that went it grew pretty well Mm -hmm. it was called drag scene la i just would document things in the scene make friends but i would also like post a lot on the drag subreddit and i made a ton of friends that way funny enough another subreddit that i've made a lot of trans friends online other than like the obvious ones like video games that we've already covered, um, is mycology. I have like a weird interest in mushrooms. I love photographing mushrooms. Wait,
0: I'm wearing mushroom earrings today. I didn't even know that you were going
1: to bring this up. These are by our friend Lalo, actually, aren't they?
0: Yes, they are. Um, Our
1: friend Gender Rogue made these beautiful earrings. Um, I love taking photos of mushrooms. I go on really long walks every day and I look for them and I take photos. Can
0: confirm. And we have like this big queer group chat, um, on Instagram, I guess. So I guess the trans people are on Instagram that we are a part of. And she sends a, um, a mushroom photo to us every day.
1: (laughs) I send mushroom updates. Um, And I post them on Reddit, both in in a couple of different places, and I've made a lot of trans friends. And I actually found out recently that 25% of all of the PhDs received in mycology as a field are received by a trans individual.
0: Wait, how did you find that out?
1: In the mycology subgroup. Apparently it's a thing that trans people are kind of allured by mushrooms.
0: I think, do we think it's because, so as like gender nonconforming people, we live outside of like the bounds of yeah. like preconceived notions and like what society um, deems is like kind of regular or normal and yeah. m- mushrooms and fungi are like the one of the least studied like life forms
1: right I, I think well first of all you could be a fungi or fungal fungal infection right so I think that <laughs> um, I think that trans people are kind of allured by mushrooms for a lot of what you were just saying. They're they're different. They're not they're not plants and animals. Everybody kind of likes plants. Everybody between. has a favorite animals. They're in between. They're a little weird. They're associated with things like decomposition and death and weirdness and eeriness. And I think trans people tend to be lured by things that are different because we're different, obviously. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I have learned getting interested in mycology is that mushrooms have in some species. Upwards of 2,500 genders. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So their chromosomal genders and reproduction cycles vary widely, well beyond a gender binary. And once you discover that as a trans person, once you start to learn about mycelial networks and just how diverse reproduction can be and gender can be everything in in terms of like mammalian biology and our obsession with the binary starts to make no sense. And I think that's part of the allure too. S- send me the link. Send me the link. Send you the link of genders? Uh,
0: of mushroom genders. Okay. I we'll want to know it. the 25 million what? mushroom genders.
1: 2,500 million is a lot. 2,500 million. <laughs> 2,500 million mushroom, mushroom genders. <laughs> um, well, I guess to wrap up this quick little segment here, what are some of your favorite platforms just in general?
0: Um, in general, like where I feel like community. Also,
1: hmm. um, oh, how many of you are hearing the ice rattle around in my store?
0: Yeah, we, we 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 have coffee today because um, I'm uh, I'm not high today. So. Two
1: tea girls running around with a little iced coffee. Ugh, couldn't be me.
0: I, what did you just ask me? Where are my favorite places to be? Yeah. Um, I really I do find um, Discord is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like where I got to like meet. People to ever play like my first D and D campaign, and it was like all trans people. Like my first my first ever D and D campaign was a Curse of straw campaign, and we were we didn't end up finishing it because, as they anybody know. who actually plays D and D knows, you end they up can. you end up not being able to finish because everybody gets too busy. Um, but it was like all trans and gender nonconforming folks like that were know. part of that game, and they were people that I had never met in real life.
1: Wow, oh. I
0: just met them online. It was really fun. And, like, all of, like, my free company members for, like, um, on Final Fantasy fourteen, most of them are uh, at least part of the Alphabet Mafia, if not trans and gender non-conforming people themselves. Mm. Um, I also, I need to shout out some older school um, places. Okay. Because I feel like we missed a couple of uh, social medias, like, Tumblr. Oh. Tumblr was... The trans community's best friend in the 2010s. Although
1: it did ruin my mental health,
0: it did. Yeah. It it did convince me that getting an eating disorder would be the sexiest and coolest yeah. thing I could ever that do. That it was cool. Remember pro content? Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> okay, when uh, people were eating cigarettes <laughs> to be thin. They're
0: so like Lana Del Rey does it. Why can't I? It was a lot.
1: Do you remember the millennial experience in general of like looking at tabloids of Jessica Simpson being a totally normal? bodied woman yes, and, and it being it like she's like, humongous whale! whale beached
0: whale oh, like just a lot it was war it was war on our mental health i we also didn't bring up um the elephant in the room of social media platforms
1: if you say facebook i'm gonna cancel the podcast no
0: should i dead name this bitch
1: yeah let's do it twitter twitter
0: a hellscape
1: <sighs> the saddest thing about twitter was for me other than reddit Twitter was my gateway to the internet.
0: It is. And I actually, I do still use Twitter and it's really funny because I think Twitter rides the line of like trying to be a communal space and trying to be a content creation platform. Yeah. Cause like, I think the point of Twitter is to write tweets that get seen by a bunch of people. Yeah. But in my personal experience of Twitter, I just tweet something out and like 10 trannies and drag queens see it. Mm. That's it.
1: I had quite a few viral moments on Twitter, mostly in like the drag space, but I really loved Twitter because like you can make custom lists, you can be in little groups, there were group messages that you could do, Um, obviously you could be shouting into the void, you could also connect with brands and your favorite celebrities in ways that you couldn't before. Like I interacted with some of my favorite authors Mm -hmm. while I was reading their books or discovering their content for the first time. I definitely met lots of pokemon nerds that way there was a time where i feel like every community that was on like for example like we were talking about reddit or discord if there was big news updates in those communities it would be on twitter and that's how i would know about it um so betty i think that i think we need a redemption arc Mm -hmm. because last time um we confessed that we are not astrologers but I thought it could be kind of fun to, like, scale the horoscopes from most transgender to most cisgender.
0: Okay, okay. So, are the categories going to be, like, most, least?
1: That's good. Okay, that's fine. We'll use a Likert scale. And for those of you who don't know what a Likert <laughs> scale is, it's when you put something on a scale from, like, very, somewhat, neutral. So, like, very good, somewhat good, neutral. Somewhat bad, very bad. Okay. We'll use a scale like that. So we'll go from maybe like most transgender mm-hmm. to like, I don't know.
0: Well, sort of, kind of. Well, sort of, kind of.
1: Transgender. We'll do one for the non binary okay. folks and mm-hmm. one for the cis folks.
0: Okay, okay. I love it. Okay. So, which sign is the most transgender? We're going to start it right off.
1: Well, she's sitting in the room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the most transgender sign we decided was gemini yes and the reason for this is because gemini are um very multi-faced and faceted people and are mm-hmm. always um kind of transitioning yeah. at all times yeah. to be wherever they need to be and i just feel like like the sign of the twins is just that feels trans to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm going to let our audience know right now, n- not all of them are going to have such a beautiful description. Some of them were just like a vibe. Yes. Or uh, we had one slot left over and we we're like, yes. I guess yeah. it'll yeah. go there. <laughs> the last two, we were like, wow. <laughs> so the next one, the very trans, but not the most trans, we mm-hmm. said was cancer. Yeah. They got big feelings. They have big feelings. Trans folks have big feelings. Very empathetic.
0: When you start just pumping hormones into your thighs or your tummy if you're a trans mask individual yeah you get feelings
1: uh what another water sign somewhat trans Mm -hmm. Pisces
0: Pisces. yeah I think the water signs in general have a lot of trans energy because they are um always like exploring their um emotions and introspection anyway Mm -hmm. yeah so we said Pisces was somewhat trans and the a sort of trans we reserved for the last water sign which is Scorpio. Yeah. Um, Scorpios I feel like are a little more intense than the other two water mm. signs and so I feel like they would have a little bit more assurance about their own gender identity. That's why they're only kind of well sort of kind of trans.
1: Also I feel like a lot of the Scorpios I've met in my life personally have a pretty like alt or more androgynous approach to their mm-hmm. sense of style so they're like nearly on the non-binary scale. But for our most non-binary, we said Libras.
0: Yes, very balanced. They want to find the balance in everything. And that is non-binary energy. Very non-binary. You're like, I'm not part of the gender binary. I am all of it. I'm all of the gender spectrum.
1: We said that Sagittarius was very non-binary. Not the most but very non-binary. Oh, the next one I did choose. Yes, you did the choose because this is you. This is me. Um, I put Taurus, somewhat non-binary.
0: Yeah, explain that.
1: Well, I am non-binary. I don't know, I'm just, yeah, I'm somewhat non-binary. You're
0: somewhat non-binary. Take a guess. Take well, a you're guess. You're somewhat non-binary and somewhat trans. Yeah. which is what I love about you. Trans
1: femme, trans something, trans enough to put hormones in my body
0: yes and enough to stick needles in yourself yes okay for the last uh well sort of kind of non-binary we said Aquarius.
1: aquarius yeah
0: why do I always like refer to things
1: I don't like, know so she's speaking latin a- over there
0: aquarii
1: summoning demons or something <laughs> i not Okay, for very cisgender, oh, my partner's gonna hate this, but it's also true. Uh, We said Aries.
0: Aries. Um,
1: I think also like in my mind, Aries are kind of like the Charizard of horoscopes. (laughs) And that is very cis guy.
0: Yeah, that is, Charizard is the most cisgender. Oh,
1: we put one backwards. We're gonna go backwards to most cisgender. Capricorn. Capricorn.
0: No explanation needed. No explanation needed. <laughs> Somewhat cis is Virgo. Sorry, Earth signs, I'm putting you in a lot of cisgender categories because you're a lot more grounded. Besides Taurus.
1: Are cisgender people grounded?
0: No, they have no tethers to But reality. they should be grounded.
1: They, go to your room. Go to your room, cisgender. And don't gender. come out.
0: Um, And then last but not least, we have, well, sort of kind of cis, Leo. Leo.
1: That just feels right. That feels that right. That one was you. definitely a vibe. It was, a, it was
0: like the last one. It feels <laughs> like,
1: correct. Yeah. Um, and that's it for that. Once again, we are not professional astrologers. Um, if you are a professional lesbian astrologer in the comments of this podcast, go ahead and clock us this. Go ahead and tell us. How we got all of those completely incorrect. What
0: if there is a statistic on like which sign is the most transgender? There are and we st- didn't look it up. There
1: are statistics on which signs are the most murderous. And I think Taurus.
0: Uh, I thought Gemini's had all the serial killers. Oh, maybe they do. Not both of us being like, We're, we're, the-, it's we're the, the serial killers. <laughs> okay, we are moving on to the next segment of our discussion. And this is going to be um, the online experiences of trans people yes. so which is a little different than like what we were discussing earlier mm. it's kind of more of an extrapolation yeah. of what we were saying where where are trans people online like where are we seeing them where are they visible where are they not visible are they finding community this is more about um personal experience and like um what it feels like to be kind of gender nonconforming in online spaces
1: yeah okay um well buddy why don't you kick us off i feel from what i know of you being online you have some direct experience
0: yes yeah, so being trans online is um a joy and a nightmare i have found like community in online spaces as i was saying earlier like uh on different discord channels and different uh reddit threads mm. and even um on like different group chats and stuff like that so like we have like an ongoing um, group chat on Instagram that is like 30 plus like gender non-conforming and LGBT people um, in Los Angeles. I love a
1: group chat. And we
0: love and I love feeling like connected to that community, even if I'm just mostly lurking in that group chat. I really love that feeling of, oh, I could message somebody about like something that happened and I feel like these people would have my back about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and at the same time as like a I was, I don't know if I am, maybe I still am. As like a trans content creator adjacent person, um, during um the pandemic, I started making content on TikTok. Mm. Um, I started making content before I started transitioning. So originally I was just kind of making drag and like lgbt content and like sometimes gamer content and then um when i started transitioning i really noticed like a sharp um kind of drop like in mm. my engagement and then i would i used to also do tiktok lives where i would like get into drag or uh, just like chat with people and they would go pretty well and then once i started transitioning i noticed i was getting pushed suddenly to like a bunch of haters like Mm. usually my tiktok lives weren't getting like tons of views and then like all of a sudden once i had started kind of being publicly trans on um social media i noticed that my tiktok lives were getting like hundreds of viewers at one time but they were all people like calling me slurs in the comment section which you can't even do actually on tiktok they will like bleep it out Mm. but all of the dog whistles for um like getting more conservative eyes on it getting more transphobic eyes on it and it was like there would be like where's your father which is like the like dog whistle for like oh you're acting like a queer person because you your parents
1: don't love you your parents
0: don't love you which is which is really funny because some of the time these times i was doing these tiktok live streams and my dad was like in the next room over like watching it being like yay Aww.
1: you look so cute <laughs>
0: yeah shout out to bill love you dad um and it was just it was odd it was really strange and it made me step away from kind of making content on tiktok for a while because i i but, like, I wasn't getting, like, the reach that I wanted. And I wasn't reaching the people that I wanted to be reaching. I was only reaching, I was getting all this engagement from these hate comments. And yeah. I know some people have turned that into, like, a lucrative job for them. Like, Terry Joe. Yeah, yeah, Where, yeah. like, I feel like um they started off as, like, getting, like, hate comments for, but they've now, then they, like, turned that into, like, their online persona of, yeah, like, yeah. I'm one of the haters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is like cool, or they're not queer, I don't think, but maybe it's even somebody like uh Drew, um, do you know Drew? Bajualo? Yes, yeah, um, where she is somebody who gets a lot of hate from men online and kind of has turned that into her brand, right? Yeah, um, but I'm just I guess I'm more delicate, not as tough as these people, and yeah, it made me not want to make things on it. And now I really rarely make content on TikTok, and I definitely don't do TikTok lives anymore, um so yeah, I guess (laughs) I didn't mean to go into like all of the transphobia that I've experienced, but that's definitely something that I've noticed on there, but it's somewhat counteracted by the fact that I really also feel like I find community online. Um, Like I wouldn't have probably met like Kala without like the internet necessarily. Um, Although I guess I did meet Bowen in person and that's kind of how I met. But like, I wouldn't have like really known all about like the yuckies or other people in the LA drag scene. Basically, like in the drag community, I always meet people online first before I meet them in person. Yeah. Like I'm always following a different um, drag creator online because they post makeup content or they're posting their shows online. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I really want to go see them or I'd love to meet them or I'd love to network with them and then you meet them in person so it's a it's hard because the internet has given us such an amazing um tool to be visible and i think that visibility as we're currently seeing with kind of um lawmakers and the political climate of the time i actually really just noticed just saw this online today um, there's a drag, um, artist named Pickle.
1: Yeah. Um, and. Just harassed.
0: Was, uh, they got their drag story hour in here, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, was protested and, and, um, and the ended up having to shut down the, um, story hour because of harassment and hate. And it's like, they own, people only would have known about this because of. The internet. Online
1: haters, yeah. yeah. And like the sad thing is, like, people made physical contact with Pickle. Yep, like, there there's like real risk of violent danger from these situations.
0: We've had a show that we both performed that get protested. I was
1: actually, that was going to be one of my examples. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like so far in my experience being online, as I was talking about earlier, most of my followers, most of the people I'm interacting with are people that are inside of our community here in Los Angeles. My community is very insular. I want to be a content Incestuous. creator. <laughs> Well, um, I want to be a content creator and I want to put myself more out there. I mean, that's why we're making this podcast. But I am afraid, being having been a lurker of my friends who are trans content, witnessing that happen, it's really frustrating and it's really disheartening. And as drag artists, we're seeing things like our friends' shows get protested, like Pickle, which was very recent. Or even last year, we did a Pride event together, um, which was Burbank Pride's first Pride. It was sponsored by Nickelodeon. And somehow the libs of TikTok folks found it. They were harassing the comments of our um, event flyers. They showed up. Thankfully, it was only like three people.
0: It actually was like, ended up being 50 people, but I didn't tell you
1: that. I didn't see them, which was nice. But, and I don't know if I ever shared this with you, they wrote an article about me. And they took photos of me and posted me on like an online hate group. The funny thing, though, was that they weren't sure who was who was who. So part of the article literally said like, it was pictures of me. And it was like, not sure if this is California or bow and arrow. (laughs) So like these people, they knew even, it wasn't me. <laughs> these people don't even know where to direct their hate No, Like they don't even know what it is that they're hating. Um, but overall, I would say that my experience online has been incredibly positive. I've been online since I was like 11, 10, or 11. I grew up kind of poor, so I had late access, but I've always been a total internet fanatic. I had a MySpace when that was a thing, a Tumblr when that was a thing. I actually had a really popular Tumblr. Um, oh, she was one of those girls. I was one of those girls.
0: Meanwhile, I was sitting there reblogging like every like fan fiction. Well, of, now I have no
1: success. Um, I have,
0: Every Destiel fan fiction that I found online, I was just like... <laughs> my
1: most watched YouTube video is 100 views, so... Well, we're you know we're really going places.
0: Shout out to the five people listening to the podcast. Thank today. you
1: guys for being here, yeah. lesbian astrologists. We love you. Um,
0: I wanted to uh continue this discussion with kind of asking like, despite the um kind of backlash that we end up like facing online, I really do feel like gender nonconforming people gravitate to online spaces. Oh, absolutely. And I wanted to investigate why that is and like why I know so many like trans gamer people, um, and like trans folks in online spaces. And mm-hmm. I think I wanted to like bring up maybe it's the fact that I mean, if you're we're lucky and it's the sense that we live in like a large metropolitan area mm-hmm. um and we have like a gender nonconforming and queer community kind of here that we get to see in person. But I mean if you're living even just outside of LA in like a suburb or uh, out in like a smaller town, I feel like maybe sometimes your only connection to other uh, queer people is through online spaces.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was certainly my experience even just being a younger gay person.
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear about that.
1: Um, I didn't really have, when I was in high school, I lived in a smaller rural community outside of Sacramento and then I went to college at UC Davis, which is a big school, but it's still like, rural fairly conservative um and funny enough i was in a bible study that could be an episode okay that could be an episode i almost got involved in a cult trans bible study Um, (laughs) trans bible study um but early on in those days i felt like my only connection to any sort of gay culture was online videos and online communities Mm -hmm. and my only like sense of self-expression through media came from stuff like magical girl anime and stuff like fucking pre-marina like we were saying like Um, And then ultimately, what really culminated in my, like, awakening as a trans person was two things. Um, One was Andreja Pejic, who was a trans model back in the 2010s. I was absolutely obsessed with her. And the second was drag. Mm -hmm. In 2020, I decided I wanted to try out drag, and it really just became the avenue for me to self-express, but also the avenue for me to find friends. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all online. Like, I was. it was during the pandemic, so... I just created an Instagram page where I was hoping to make drag friends and I, you know, and ended up working out. I met these people in real life and now I'm part of a community.
0: We similarly had a a, a similar um, entry point into drag where we both started doing it during the pandemic. So we couldn't perform in person, right? Like there wasn't um, competitions at bars for us to go to and like baby queen, meet people. We only met people online. And it's actually really funny. It's in a weird way. I almost felt, um, I almost felt that I was gaining like more traction when drag was just like online versus like in person. And maybe that just speaks to the fact that I'm untalented, but like I love performing. I mean, I'm an actor. Like that's my profession. I love performing. That is what I love to do. Um, but it was interesting because I think because of the unorthodox way of like how I suddenly kind of appeared mm. like in front, like on people's social media. Um, this was specifically in Boston when I was living in Boston, I would just suddenly like be appearing on people's like um, TikTok feeds because I was making niche content about being a drag queen performing in the street of Boston and directing traffic during my shows because I was about to get hit by a car mm. and people were like, we love that. this is funny.
1: <laughs> run her over
0: (laughs) truly run me over um it was interesting to like kind of feel more in a weird way uh incredibly connected to people Mm. even to people that i'd never met in this drag scene and then i met them in person after that and um became part of like that community in the city even though it's like people already know who i am and i kind of already know who you are
1: I think what I'm hearing from both of us is, like, part of the allure of the internet for queer people is that you can join without people knowing, you can find people like you, again, without people in your in, in life knowing, and then eventually meet these people in person and have a whole community yeah. of people that are like you. And it's so often that you can find those people, those queer friends, through shared interests, like mm-hmm. video games, like concert music, like drag. Um so i mushrooms. guess mushrooms mycology so i guess a word of advice for our listeners particularly any young listeners uh who or are looking for friends any listeners
0: who are just not um, able to meet up with people in person as easily yeah
1: um find find some online groups like check out if you have an, an interest if you like pokemon if you like mushrooms check out some online forums and yeah. i bet you will find some friends uh well betty i i loved this conversation i think that was it's, really beautiful it's tough to exist as trans folks online but also worth it
0: our first episode was so uh, much more like yeah, I remember <laughs> this one we were like really getting we, in the nitty-gritty of, what if we like, make people emotional. cry <laughs> <laughs> um but i think we should maybe play another game yeah break things up a
1: little yeah let's do it
0: before i start sobbing okay, on <laughs> okay. Yeah. so this next game is uh you were kind of talking about this earlier how you felt um connection through like kind of shows and games yeah. and stuff. So I wanted to um kind of go through headcanon. So for those of you who don't know headcanon, um I'm going to explain head. I'm going expl- to explain headcanon like you don't know what it is and you've never read fan fiction or anything. Okay. Um headcanon is when you see like a piece of media like a TV show and you kind of come up with your own ideas of, like, what the story could be. Oh, yes. And I that becomes that. the canon of the story, but only in your head. I love it. Or other people's head of, like, a community. So, like, a fan fiction where um, the Winchester brothers hooked up, right? That's yes. your head canon. Because okay. that would never happen, because that's gross and disgusting. Um,
1: well, also kind of shame the fans. Also kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, t for t Couples... Uh, that don't actually exist okay. in, like, the canon. Okay. Like, none of these characters are transgender.
1: Okay. And... But we want them to be. But they should be. But we,
0: fee- we see that they are. Like, we we see the vision that they are kind of trans-coded characters. Yeah. Um. So we're coming up with t for t couples. And for those of you who don't know, t for t is... Tranies for trans. Trans for trans. Um... How about you go first,
1: Kala? Okay, so in my mind, in my head, Danny Phantom is transgender. And I know for some people that this is already the case in their headcanon as well.
0: There's a whole community of people that have like proven that Jenny Phantom is a trans man.
1: But to me, Danny Phantom is not a trans man as he is in most of the community's headcanon. He's actually a trans woman who's not out yet.
0: He's a trans woman?
1: Well, they're still using he, him pronouns. They're an egg, okay? And well he does Sam, transform in the show. Exactly. And Sam is a lesbian and they are gonna be in a transbian relationship. Oh, I love that. So that's my headcanon. Okay, well how about you? Who's your T for T couple? Okay. The, this tea is, for tea. I would
0: have to defend this one for my life. Okay. My T for T couple is headcanon is Philip and Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. I'm sorry? So <laughs> um so first of all, Aurora has Aurora the, Aurora. Has the pink and blue like battle always going on? Like the fairy the fairies. Oh, that's a reach. The fairies are always like transforming her into a pink and blue dress and going back and forth between the two. Okay. Because Aurora is a trans girl in the throes of figuring out like where on that little gender binary scale she wants to be. Okay. And then Philip kind of feels like a little trans mask to me. Okay. Because no cisgender man would go to the links for a woman that philip goes to for aurora that is so trans funny. men will do anything anything for trans women
1: you know since i've come out publicly as trans i get so flattered by trans men when they're nice to me because i'm like i know you're being real yes i know you're actually treating me like a lady right now no, no
0: trans I, trans men are like Truly Wonderful. the most gentlemanly really men that I've ever met in my life. I love trans guys. Uh, hot trans dudes. Slot into my DMs. Uh,
1: Yes. Oh, <laughs> once again, Betty is single. Well, Betty, I think today's discussion was beautiful. It was sentimental.
0: We have to be real. We are, And we're coming into all of our discussion about internet communities, trends, uh, and hot takes from the perspective of gender nonconforming people and yeah. trans people. So we have to tackle transphobia at some point, right?
1: Yeah. And I hope that our listeners have found this enlightening and fun. If you're a trans person, you're welcome in our community. Thank you for being here. If you're not trans and you're just an ally or you just think that we're kind of silly, uh, thanks for being here. And we hope to see you next week.
0: Yes, we hope T Girl, e girls can be a little beacon of hope and light for anybody looking to uh find trans community online yes
1: and join us for next week's episode all about misinformation or at least our our thoughts on misinformation we're gonna pretend we're experts on the topic
0: yes and neither of us could ever be experts on that topic but we're gonna pretend but we're gonna
1: pretend we are we're gonna give our opinions as facts anyways bye.
0: bye